welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Father, we thank you for your presence and your spirit. God, we thank you that as we continue through our time of fasting and prayer, that you're meeting with us, that you're revealing your thoughts, your plans, your purposes, your ideas, God, that you are filling us with your life as we empty ourselves of ourselves, Father. We are replacing it with more of you. God, we pray that this weekend that your kingdom comes and that your will continues to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, we love you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And we all said, Amen. Amen, everybody. It's so good to be with you this weekend. This is the end of the first weekend of our fast, and I don't know about you, but um, that first week, those first few days can be tough slugging, man. You know, you begin to let go of some of the things, whether it's food or social media or, or other kinds of media or all these different things you can be fasting, but as you begin to let go of those things, your flesh begins to freak out and begins to shout and begins to tell you that you need your coffee or that you need to go watch TV or that you need to look at social media because you don't know what you could be missing out. But as you press through that and as you focus on Jesus, you begin to let go of those things and you begin to see God clearer and clearer speaking to you, moving in your life, moving through your life. You begin to hear his voices like you never have before. I just want to encourage you as well. You know, parents, if you've got kids in your family, don't just give your kids a pass. Don't just say, oh, my kid is only 12. My kid's only 14. My kid's only 16. When they're 23, they should fast. Parents, I want to tell you today, the Bible says in Proverbs, train up your child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart for it. Your time of training is now. You only have a finite amount of time with your kids in your home where you can impart into them and really mold and shape them the way that God desires you to. So I encourage you today, find something, talk to your kids, ask them what they're fasting, ask them what they're putting aside, ask them what they're reading their Bible, ask them if they're part of the devotional. Are you following along? Are you participating? Don't just give them a pass. Don't just say, oh, next year when they're older. Check in with them now, encourage them now, lead them now, like the Bible says. That's what parenting is. You are parenting your kids. Parent them, lead them in the way of the Lord. So let's all do this together because I know that as we press into God, as we listen to his voice and as we seek his face, Psalm 91 says, those who live in the shadow of the Almighty. You have to live in that place. You've got you've to go to the secret place. That has to be your home where you live. Don't just say your kids will live there one day because if they don't learn it at home when they're young, they won't learn it now. So with that all said, with that piece of encouragement to you, I want to go ahead and jump in today's message. Um, as we started our fast, I went to the book of Daniel and I've been studying the life of Daniel and just reading through some of his accounts. And I want to share with you today something that I learned and, and the Lord showed me out of the book of Daniel. So if you would, I'd like you to turn your Bibles with me to Daniel. We're going to look in Daniel chapter five is where we're going to start off at. And the title of my message today is empty yourself. 
empty yourself. Find somebody around you to say empty yourself to. If you don't have anybody around you, send somebody a message. Pick up the phone and call somebody and just say, hey, I want you to know that you need to empty yourself. Because on this fast, that is what we're doing. We are emptying ourselves of ourselves to replace that with the Lord in our life. Does that make sense? You want to remove things from your life and fill those spaces back up with Jesus, more of Jesus, less of us, more of Jesus. So we all say, empty yourself. That's what we're talking about. Daniel chapter five, I'm looking in the New Living Translation today, and we're gonna read through the uh, first, oh, 12 verses of this story, and we're gonna make a couple points. Uh, Daniel five, chapter one, New Living Translation starts off, it says, many years later, King Belshazzar, gave a great feast for a thousand of his nobles, and he drank wine with them. And while Belshazzar was drinking the wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold silver cups of his predecessors. Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. He wanted to drink from them with his nobles, his wives, and his concubines. So they brought these gold cups taken from the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and drank from them. And while they drank from them, they praised their idols made of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. This sounds like just a normal day in the life of king. This guy's having a party. He's got a thousand people there and they're having a great time. They're all sitting around. They've brought in the wine. They brought in the fancy cutlery. They've got these gold cups that were in the house and another temple of another God. These people didn't worship our God. They worshiped all these other gods and they're out there having a blast, just drinking away in these fancy gold cups and they're just living the dream as much as they think. And as I read this story, I began to see similarities between this story and the times that we're living in right now, the days that we're living in. The beginning of 2019, a lot of us were just living life, just, or 2020, I'm sorry, just living life like it was normal. We were doing life, we were going to work, we were going to school, we were going to concerts, we were going to movies, we were going shopping, nobody thought about masks, we were just having the blast, living life, and then suddenly something changes. And in verse 5 here, we see it starts with the word suddenly. And it says, suddenly, in the middle of this great big party they're having, suddenly they saw the fingers of a human hand writing on the plaster wall of the king's palace near the lampstand. The king himself saw the hand as it wrote, and his face turned pale with fright, and his knees knocked together in fear, and his legs gave way beneath him. It's an unknown has just happened, something completely out of the blue, something completely out of the ordinary, something nobody could ever imagine is happening. Nobody could ever imagine when you're having a party that all of a sudden you're all gonna see the fingers of a hand, of a human hand writing on the wall and not just writing with a pen on the wall, but writing in the wall, in the plaster. And as they wrote, they carved the plaster out. That's something you would never imagine seeing. Last year, nobody ever imagined that we would be living in days and times like we're living in right now. Nobody ever imagined that you'd have to take a mask with you everywhere you went. Nobody ever imagined that you couldn't go visit people. Nobody ever imagined these things. They were foreign thoughts, but suddenly something changed from what was normal to completely different. And the king was terrified and he was, he was afraid. The Bible says here that his knees were shaking. I always love it when it says things like their knees were knocking because it reminds me of characters in cartoons when I grew up in the 80s, you know, like Bugs Bunny and all those guys. When they got scared, their knees would always knock together. 
And so it says his face in verse six turned pale with fright and his knees knocked together in fear and his legs gave way beneath him. I don't know about you, but I've come across a lot of people in this last 10 months who have been afraid, who have been unsure, who have had questions, who have had fears and doubts and uncertainty and, and confused and frustrated and angry. And that's the same feelings that this king is feeling here says right away in verse 7, the king shouted for the enchanters, astrologers, and fortune tellers to be brought before him. He said to these wise men of Babylon, whoever can read this writing and tell me what it means will be dressed in purple robes of royal honor and will have a gold chain placed around his neck and he will become the third highest ruler in the kingdom. These are the, these are the wise men in this kingdom. These are the voices that everybody listened to. These are the voices that when the king was unsure of what to do and what to say and how to act, he would call these people, the enchanters and the astrologers and the fortune tellers. These were the wise men. These are the wise men of the age. And he would call these people and say, what do I do? What do you think this means? How, what, what are these hands writing in the wall? What in the world does this mean? And what are we supposed to do about it? And they called together these people and said, give us an answer. This is your job. This is your one purpose. You tell us what this means. And let me tell you something. In verse 8, the wise men of the times and the age, they didn't have the answer. A lot of us are going from place to place, from social media to different media outlets to different friends to different places, trying to find the answers. And I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to find the answers you're looking for. Those answers that you're, that you're seeking out, most of the times, they're not going to bring you peace and comfort. Most of the times, the news and the social media and the Facebook stories and you've got to watch this video and read this article, all those things are going to bring more confusion and frustration and uncertainty and fear to you. What you need to do is focus on the voice of our Father. So it says in verse 8, when all the king's wise men had come in, none of them could read the writing or tell him what it meant. So the, the king grew even more alarmed and his face turned pale. His nobles too, everybody was shaken. In verse 10 though, starts off with the word but. And when you're reading the word of God, you have to look for certain words. You need to look for words like suddenly. You need to look for words like but because those buts are important in the story because those buts are a turnaround moment in the story. Those buts are when something looked one way, but then, but then God did something else. But then God brought a person, but then God moved. And I want to tell you today, that things could look scary and you could be afraid and you could be unsure, but God is still on the throne. But God is about to move in your life. But God is going to move in your, in your circumstances, in your situations. Verse 10 says, But when the queen mother heard what was happening, she hurried to the banquet hall and she said to the king, Belshazzar, she said, Long live the king. Don't be so pale and frightened. There is a man in your kingdom who has within him, everybody say, within him, who has within him the spirit of the holy gods. Now let me just stop for a second. That phrase within him is very important. It's not, she doesn't say, there is a man in your kingdom who knows about a God. There's a man in your kingdom who has friends who know somebody. There's a man in your kingdom whose parents knew of God or had within him or his parents inside of them the Spirit of God. It says, 
There is a man in your kingdom that has within him the spirit. In this translation, and in most translations actually, the spirit of gods. And that's because these people in this kingdom, in, in Babylon, they had many gods. So they identified with many gods. It's not that she doesn't know there's one true God. They just identified with many gods. And she says, he has within him. Let me ask you today, do you have within you the spirit of the living God? Is he directing your life? Is he directing your thoughts and your actions? Is he uh, motivating the words that come out of your mouth? Or are you just saying and doing and thinking and acting however you want? Is within you the spirit of the most high God today? During Nebuchadnezzar's reign, she goes on and said, this man was found to have insight, understanding, and wisdom like that of the gods. Your predecessor, the king, your predecessor, King Nebuchadnezzar, made him chief over all the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and fortune tellers of Babylon. She's talking about Daniel, and she's saying that King Nebuchadnezzar made Daniel the boss of all of these other wise men, of the astrologers and the astronomers and the fortune tellers and all these people. See, God is above every other voice out there. There are voices left, right, and center. You, you cannot go anywhere in today's day and age without having a conversation with somebody who believes they have the voice, they have the answer, they have the wisdom. But let me tell you today, the voice and the wisdom and the answer that you need to be listening to now more than ever, more intently, more acutely, more with your ear inclined is the voice of our Father in heaven. He is the wisdom. He is the truth. He is the life. He's the voice that you need within you guiding and directing your life. Going on here in verse 12, she says, This man, Daniel, who the king named Belshazzar, has exceptional ability and is filled with divine knowledge and understanding. He can interpret your dreams. He can explain your riddles and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel and he'll tell you what the writing means. My Lord, if Daniel was a business, this would be a great infomercial selling Daniel because she just told the king that Daniel was better than anybody else out there. That Daniel, because he had the spirit of God inside of him, there was nothing that Daniel couldn't solve. I want to tell you right now in your life, there's going to be people that you encounter that they're going to need the spirit of the, of the living God inside of you to help break their codes, to help decipher their problems, to help reveal their dreams, to give them wisdom. I love how it says here, he can explain riddles. You know, I don't know about you, but there is some confounding riddles going on that we just don't know the answer to what they mean, to what's happening, to what the answer is. But I tell you who does and who always has and who always will, and that's God. And if you have his spirit living on the inside of you, then you'll have those answers. And people will come, like we see right here, searching you out for the wisdom and the truth that you have. Not your own truth. Hear me now. It's not your own truth that they're after. It's not your truth that brings life. It's not your wisdom or your thoughts about this or that or the other. It is the thoughts and the wisdom of God that people need now more than ever. It's His voice they need to hear, and you are the vessel that He wants to speak through. If, if someone was saying about me, you need to call Jacob because within him is the voice, is the living God, and he has the answer, 
I would feel like I was doing something right. I would feel like I was living my life the way that God had desired and intended me. And, and, and let me tell you, that's how we're called to live our lives. But as I read this, I, th- I then had the question, how did Daniel get to this place where people knew who he was, where people knew the authority, where people knew the wisdom and the strength that he had and the understanding and the ability to explain riddles? How did Daniel get to that place? Well, the answer is actually pretty easy. And if you go to Daniel chapter one, just a few pages back, we're gonna look at it here together. And in Daniel chapter one, you know the story as well as I do. King Nebuchadnezzar shows up in Jerusalem and he, he sacks the city and he, he pillages it and, and he takes a bunch of the, the young men home and he takes them and he takes them back to Babylon with him. And so he takes Daniel and three of his friends. Now, Daniel's Hebrew names were um, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and uh, Azariah. But when they got to Babylon, because they wanted to distance them, because King Nebuchadnezzar, they wanted to distance them from their Hebrew culture, they changed their names and they became known as Belshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we all know about these guys. And so what was happening was King Nebuchadnezzar took them and he said, I want you to take these guys and I want you to train them because I want I want to use them in my court. I want them to be wise men. I want them to come and serve me and have answers for me. So take them for a time of three years. I want you to take them away and go train them. And I want them to learn things. But it says in verse 8, Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. Now the Amplified says that word defiled. It says, He was determined not to defile or taint or dishonor himself. And that actual word defile in the Hebrew means this, to soil, to desecrate, pollute, or to stain himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. And what you see here is you see that Daniel was moved from his homeland and his friends were moved from their homeland to a new place, to a new kingdom. And these people were trying to feed them food um, that number one was offered to other idols. And Daniel, Hebrews were not allowed to eat food offered to other idols. And then it was also food they were not allowed to eat. It was pork and, and stuff from the ocean and things they weren't allowed to eat. And so Daniel said, I don't want to defile myself. I don't want to pollute myself. I don't want to stain myself. I want to set myself apart. And so what he said was, I want you to give me vegetables and water. That's what I'm going to eat. And what we see here is we see that Daniel is setting himself apart and he is emptying himself. I like the phrasing here in the verse. It says, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself. We're talking about today emptying yourself. See, there's choices in your life that only you can make for yourself. Only you can choose to empty yourself of things. When it comes to a time of fasting, only you can choose to rid yourself, to say, I'm going to let go of these things of my flesh. I'm going to let go of this food that I love so much. I'm going to let go of this social media that I love so much. I'm going to let go of these TV shows. I'm going to let go of spending time doing this, that, or the other. I'm going to empty myself of these things so that I can fill myself up with the Spirit of God, so that I can give myself a spiritual bath, so I can empty myself and hear what God is wanting to say to me, hear what God is wanting to do in me and to do through me. And the Bible says that as Daniel made this determination, he began to fast and and he began to eat only vegetables and water and 
um, at the end, he said, I'll do it for 10 days because his guard was afraid that, that he would look skinny and scrawny. And if the king saw that, that these guys weren't being fed right, that the guard was afraid that Nebuchadnezzar would have him killed. And so they did a test for 10 days. And the Bible says in verse 15, at the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. Now watch this. Verse 17 said, God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel this special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. What do we see here? We see that uh, Daniel chapter 5, we see that Daniel is known for his wisdom, for his insight, for his ability to explain riddles, just the, the greatness that he has the Spirit of God within him. We see that, and it all starts right here in this chapter 1 in verse 8 when he chooses to set himself apart, when he chooses to say, I am not going to defile myself, I'm not going to stain myself, I'm not going to pollute myself, I am going to rid myself and empty myself of these things, and I'm going to allow myself to be filled by God. And he goes on, and when God sees that, when God sees the choice that Daniel made of his own accord, like he says again, not to defile himself, he chose it. God comes along and he gives these men unusual aptitude, every aspect of literature and wisdom. And to Daniel, he gave the ability to interpret dreams. When you begin to exalt God in your life, when you begin to, when you begin to put your flesh down and say, it's not, it's not these fleshly comforts and things that I want. This pizza doesn't matter to me more than Jesus does. Jesus matters more to me than this pizza does. And, and I, I want to know what the voice of God says in my life so much more that I'm not going to watch that TV show because I'm going to spend that time reading my Bible and praying. Or, or I don't need to see what the world is saying today. What I need to say is, what the Spirit of God is saying today. And so I'm going to put these things away and I'm choosing to empty myself. And as you on this fast continue to empty yourself of these fleshly and, and distractions, which some of them are great. They're fine. They're okay. Yeah, they're good things to enjoy. Sure. But the point is, is to empty yourself of these things, exalting God above everything else and allowing him to work and to move in your life. As you do that, as you seek God and put him first, you will see that he will begin to talk to you. You'll hear his voice clearer than you ever have before. You'll see him moving in ways that maybe you didn't recognize before because your eyes were so blinded, because you were so full. The Bible talks about how we're a vessel, we're a cup, and we can only hold so much stuff. Whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, you can only hold so much stuff. So this time of fasting is pouring that cup out and emptying those things inside of us that need to come out and saying, here, Lord, fill my cup. Fill my cup. Fill me up with more of you because I want to look like more of you. We're living in days and ages right now where people are so confused. Life was looking normal like we saw in Daniel chapter 5. They were just having a party of a lifetime. Everything was great. They had the fancy cutlery and they were having the best party. And suddenly something happened that changed everything. 
And suddenly all these people were afraid and scared just like now, confused and frustrated, and they needed answers. And who did they call on? The queen mother shows up and she says, let me get for you a man that has a spirit of God within him, and he's got the answers. And that's who God is calling you and I to be in this time. The Bible, you know, in the book of Esther, um, um, her uncle says to her, you know, who knows? Maybe you were made for such a time as this. It's amazing to me that God chose to put you and I here at this very moment in history. And if God chose for you to be here right now, it wasn't some accident or some mistake. It's because he wanted you here. It's because there's something inside of you that if you will yield to his spirit, that if you will pull away from the world and surrender to him, there's things inside of you that the people in your sphere of life need to receive because the spirit of God, like Daniel, is within you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what the Spirit of God is saying to you today? I want to look at one scripture quickly in the New Testament. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and this is where we're going to finish off today. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul is writing to the, to the church in Corinth here, and we're going to start in verse 14. And it starts off and it says this. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? The answer is it can't. And there is no harmony between Christ and the devil. How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, and here he begins to quote the book of Isaiah. He says, I will live among them, and I will live in them and walk among them. I will be God, their God, and they will be my people. And here's what I want to look at. Verse 17 says this. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers. Separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. We're living in a day and an age right now where the world doesn't need people that look like them, that act like them, that smell like them, that taste like them, that feel the same way as them. The world needs people that have pulled away, that have emptied themselves like we're doing on this fast right now, that have emptied themselves and filled themselves up more with God so that when they have confusion, and frustration and fear and doubt and uncertainty that they can run to those people that are filled up with the Spirit of God, that have the Spirit of God within him. And the Bible says right here that as you separate yourselves from them and you don't touch their filthy things, the Bible says that I will welcome you and I will be your father. God is wanting us to empty ourselves, to continue emptying ourselves in this fast. Don't stop now. Don't say, I made it a week. That's all I can do. Continue to empty yourself. Continue to allow to see what God wants to do in you and through you. Because remember, this isn't just about you being a better Christian. This isn't just about you feeling good about yourself and making it to heaven. This is about you fulfilling the Great Commission and going into all the world and the people that you live your life with the people that only you know, the friends that only you have, that you can work by the Spirit of God 
in their life, that God will speak to them through you, that he will bring change through you, that he will bring life through you. That's what this is about. I want to pray with you today. Father, I thank you for your wisdom, your strength, and your life that is filling us. Father, I thank you that as we continue on our fast, as we continue to empty ourselves of these things in the world, as we continue to separate ourselves and to move away from the things of the world, to be different, to look different, to sound different, that you continue to fill us up with your spirit, that you continue to fill us up with your life, that you continue to fill us with your light so that we're a light in those dark places. God, I thank you for your word that is always truth and brings life and healing and wholeness. Father, I thank you for our church family that wherever they are watching this today, that you are strengthening them, that you are carrying them through this season, that you are giving them the answers so that they in turn can share the answers with all those people they encounter. Not their own answers, not our own feelings, Father, but you keep us on point and keep pointing us back to your answers and your feelings and your thoughts and your desires. Jesus, we love you so much. And we're so thankful for all you're doing and all you continue to do. We give you all the grace, all the glory, all the praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. We love you. We'll see you all soon. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.